Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. I'm going to do something really naughty, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's with me today. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to play the Andy Griffith theme. I have been threatened a lawsuit is coming my way if I play this again. Oh, my gosh. But I, I talked to a lawyer friend of mine. He said, what's going to happen is they're going to order you to cease and desist if it ever comes to that. And at that point, I'll cease and desist. My, my boss has told me to cease and desist. but uh, I, I think you ought to just uh, change it to the uh, um, uh, the Darth Vader theme. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if you heard it. By the way, good morning to you. I'm Andy Griffin, uh, live <laughs> from the Camping World of St. George Studios. Jimmy Keston joins me in studio. We're going to talk about the new year, resolutions, uh, prayer over the city. We're going to talk politics a little bit and, and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> there was a news item this morning, Jimmy, and, and I couldn't help but laugh. A uh, guy by the name of Brandon, and I forget his last name, he's the race car driver that uh, that whole Let's Go Brandon thing oh, yes. stemmed out of. Well, he had an LGB, not LGBTQ, but LGB, Let's Go Brandon sponsor, a website that wanted to sponsor him. They painted LGB, Let's Go Brandon, all over his car. Right. Uh, he got approval from NASCAR. Everything was good to go. And then the day before the race, yesterday uh, or Saturday, uh, NASCAR came out and said, ah, we're not going to let you do that. Oh, I didn't see that. I saw yeah, the story that no. they were, he couldn't get sponsors. It, people, the left was blaming him for let's go Brandon. Like right. it was his fault. And he didn't and do anything. He was just sitting there in an interview. He yeah. didn't, you know, and, and he couldn't get sponsors. And this, <laughs> it was a cryptocurrency company mm-hmm. that calls himself let's go Brandon. Yeah. And they sponsored the car. And yeah. they wanted and, to be his major, his title sponsor. And NASCAR gave him the thumbs up. It was all go. He did. They they had the car painted. He drives a Camaro, all painted, ready to go for the race. And then just before the race, they're like, uh, "We changed our mind. We're not going to let you race with that all over your car." So, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's um, it's the world we live in. And <laughs> the poor guy. It's like I felt bad for him. I think his last name is Brown. It may be yeah, Brown or something like that. Yeah. Uh, a, a heck of a kid. Uh, just coming up the NASCAR circuit, uh, not yeah. political. No. Uh, um, it certainly wasn't his fault. No, he could not get a sponsor because he was apparently connected to the start of Let's Go Brandon. And, and let's let's rewind for a second, Jimmy, for people that don't know. I think everybody, most everybody knows now, but just to right. recap, uh, Brandon won a lesser race, a, a lower level race. Uh, he was being interviewed by a reporter. They were chanting something on NBC. In, on, yeah, on NBC. They were chanting something in the background that sounded uh, well, sort of, kind of like well, Let's Go it, they were chanting "F Joe Biden." Yeah, uh, yeah. using you know and and uh, using the curse word. So when when the reporter said, "Oh, they love you, Brandon," listen to them chanting your name. In yeah, the let, background. let's go. They're chanting "Let's Go, Brandon." <laughs> and, and Brandon course, is a smart guy, and he said, uh, "I don't think that's what they're saying." Right, <laughs> and of course. Anybody uh, on the anybody watching it knew what was being said because yeah. you could hear them. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. was trying to cover for the fact that there were all these curse words coming over the air during her interview, and or <laughs> what she was doing, I don't know. But and of course, it went viral immediately, mm-hmm. and it became it's become a national uh, thing because there's a lot of people who don't use f bombs in 
regular conversation. Let's go. Brandon has certainly become popular in Utah because we just don't have a whole lot of people in, in our community that um, uh, use the F-bomb routinely. Um, and uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't, you know, cursing is a, cursing is simply a lack of a functional vocabulary as far as I'm concerned. Agreed, agreed. And, uh, and so it's been a good natured, fun way to say, I'm not happy with inflation. I'm not happy with $4 gasoline coming right. this year. I'm not happy with, you know, uh, pick your, uh, uh topic, pick, pick your policy. Um, Electric cars. How about right. that? Not happy with coal powered cars. Um, and you know, uh, especially since now they're going to have to be 20% of what's sold in just a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's crazy. And so, yes, it's been a good natured way to say, you know, we're not exactly thrilled with the administration's uh, approach to this. If it was, you know, when you think about the things that were being said daily about the previous president, um, let's right. go. Brandon is pretty tame. Yeah. Uh, but but I'm sure when they hear it, all of Biden's voters, all of them, you know, are turning over in their graves right now because they, <laughs> they weren't alive when they actually voted. Uh, uh, when when they hear that, and and I'm sure it's offensive to the ears of the more delicate types, uh, you know, snowflakes, the snowflake squad, yeah, people like that. Uh, I personally don't use that phrase just because to me, if you're substituting something for that word, then you might as well just say that word. And that's why I never said word. When I was a missionary, a young missionary, fetch and flip were really popular, you know, curse words. Oh, flip, you know, and and to me, they're just, you're just saying the word without nothing, without saying it. I'm not sure that I put let's go Brandon quite in that category, but I'm, I'm with you. If you're going to say flip, you might as well just say mm-hmm. uh, uh what you you meant right and um and i've always thought those those big stretches to try to make something sound like a curse word is not that that's <laughs> that's not a functional vocabulary either right. but good point. I've, I've had a much better attitude about let's go brandon i think it's good natured fun i think that you know if i if i still cursed and i mostly don't um uh uh you know i would probably have been one of those chanting the original one, but I am glad we have a way to voice our disapprovement in good-natured fun. I've got a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. Nice. And By the way, I haven't really introduced, uh, this is Jimmy Keston. Jimmy Keston is, uh, he, uh, is a local pastor. He is also a local politician. Uh, for a while was the... Uh, was a Washington County Republican chair. Yeah, two terms. Uh, for, the, for the county. Uh, he also works at a local establishment, and we're, we, we tend to try to leave where he works out of it because he doesn't want to represent where he I works with yeah. his opinions. And, and that's yeah, understandable. I'm a hospice chaplain. I do, I have yeah. a, I do work a, a regular job in town, and, um, and I pastor a church. And, and, yes, I'm still involved in, in uh, local politics as I'm uh, on the state central committee and the executive board of the Republican Party. State I guess what, committee. We're, what we're really saying is Jimmy might be the busiest guy you know. <laughs> uh, he is extremely busy. It keeps me out of trouble. Can, let, let's start with, uh, before we get into politics too much, and we already did a little bit, but uh, let's start with your job as hospice chaplain. I had a friend who was a hospice, hospice chaplain. Unfortunately, yeah. he's very sick right now, and he's in uh, one of those, you know, the re. Where you have to live, the the care center. Uh, But he was a hospice chaplain for a while. And some of the stories he had about people who were close to death and people who were dying were were really good life lesson stories. Have you found that in your experience now as a hospice chaplain? Yeah, I never, you know, 
Um, I'm very fortunate. I get to work for Dixie Haas Home Care and Hospice and mm-hmm. Dixie Hospice. They they just do such a tremendous job with their patients. It's all patient centric. It's all taking care of people. We'll do whatever it takes to take care of these families. And um, you know, the idea of being able to help a family walk through one of the most difficult uh, times of their lives. You know, it's not easy being sick in America. Um, and even when everything is covered financially, um, you know, these uh, uh, these terminal illnesses can drag out. And hospice used to be what you did the last week right. of life. Right. And it was, but, you know, it's now very comprehensive care. I've had patients that were with us for a year and a half that were patients of mine uh, because dementia and, and Alzheimer's now qualifies under that because it's a gen of, of decline all the way to uh, yeah. uh, uh, meeting Jesus. Yeah. And, um, and so to be able to walk through that for, with the family, because the chaplain is often uh, uh, more needed by the family than the patient, and to be there for the patient who often when you get to that point in your life and you know that you are going to be uh, uh, leaving this world soon, um, those spiritual issues become extraordinarily important. And to be able to get those questions answered and be able to be reassured that what you've been, uh, that the faith that you've been following for your life is really going to work when, uh, 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 when you take that last breath, you know, because we know it, we believe it, we live it. Uh, uh, All of us who are people of faith and uh, um, uh, particularly in all of our Christian churches, uh, uh, which is the majority of our community, of course, um, you know, we have a promise of what's waiting for us when we take our last breath here. But when you are very close, knowing that last yeah. breath is coming, Moments away, sometimes yeah. sometimes your mind wants to tell you, is it really going to be okay? Am I really mm-hmm. going to make it? Did you know? And so it's it's so rewarding being able to reassure people. That uh, uh, that what the Lord has told us in His Word is reliable. Um, to reassure them, to talk with them, to help the family through it. It's just I'd pay I'd pay them to do it. And um, wow. but they make me take a paycheck, and my wife really likes that part, <laughs> especially when she needs to go shopping. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hospice, uh, of course, end of care, end of life care. <clears throat> Being a hospice chaplain. You talked about, you know, all the things that you kind of need to make sure to reassure people what they believe their whole lives. But there's there's other questions, too, that people have at, at the end of their lives. Have you had any bizarre or weird questions? Have you had any, uh, not bizarre, but maybe interesting experiences when it comes to these things? Because the thing I found, and I had a little bit of experience with, with this, the thing I found is trips and money and houses and cars and all that stuff, that stuff doesn't matter anymore when you're about to meet your, your maker. No, because stuff really doesn't matter. And I, and I will tell you, often, uh, particularly with illnesses that are that are going to that we're going to be together for a few months, that uh, you know that it's gonna they're not they're not leaving uh, uh, this life in yeah. the next day or two. Yeah. Uh, many times, uh, they just having someone who's talking to them about something other than their health is extraordinarily important Hmm, i have patients that we rarely actually talk you know about um uh matters of faith and spiritual matters or the bible and that they just having someone they can talk to about current events um for several of my patients they know who i am and they want to talk politics yeah uh, because because they they know me from that arena or their families do and uh other things or just current events or just sports uh 
anything other than the fact that everybody who comes into their room, because most many of my patients are now, they live in one room and they yeah. live in bed. That's it. And that's it. And everybody who comes in that room <clears throat> is talking to them about their health or prodding them or poking them or talking about their medical mm. condition and some just having somebody that they don't have to talk about where it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> or what hurts, yeah. or whether or not the meds are working, or what they're, you know, it, it, it can be, um, it can, that's been, that's been the thing that surprised me, is they're just so grateful to have, be able to have a normal conversation with somebody. Yeah. Uh, talk about what they've been watching on television, yeah. or, you know, uh, I had a patient, God bless him, he's uh, uh, finally reunited with his wife in eternity, a dear friend, and, you know, the a uh, uh, very faithful person, and certainly we always prayed and talked faith. But you know, he at, at the end of his life, he was basically alone. His family would come visit after work and that, but he was alone. He just wanted someone to watch television with him when I would come over. So we'd watch whatever silly show he was watching. He'd have someone to talk about the show with, yeah. talk about what he was watching, and to him that was that was such a big deal. Because if he was watching a college football game and there's no one there to talk about what you're seeing on the screen or even, you know, Pawn Stars or something like that. We, uh, we've all done that. I, I'm with you. You know, you sit and watch. Even if even eating a meal alone can be really, right. really difficult. You know, you're sitting there. Hey, this is good. And you look around. There's nobody to tell. Hey, this is good or bad or right or whatever. And, and, well, it's never uh, bad at my house. My wife's an amazing <laughs> cook. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. I, I'm, I'm the cook in our house, so I, I try to try to. Keep I, I do some, uh, but but the the loneliness involved. You know, my dad is 86. He does, he's yeah. he, we we spend as much time as we can with him, meals and things like that. By the way, he was so cool on the radio. Isn't, isn't he awesome? Yeah, isn't he awesome? Uh, but the truth of the matter is, when you get down to it, you're alone four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen hours a day. Yeah. No matter how good your family is, because they oh. can't be there every second of every day. I, I so appreciate the time in the evening when when Rakeen and I, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, uh, are just sitting down and watching something on television together, and just having that converse time of conversation. And listen, and I've grown to just so appreciate that time with her because of how many of my patients have lost a spouse yeah. many times recently, yeah. and now they're on hospice, and uh, and they don't. They no longer have that, and so it's um, uh, cherish the moments you have when you're uh, uh, not all alone watching TV by yourself. How long have you been married, by the way? 34 years in April. 34 in April. In a row. 87? Uh, 1988. 88. We got married in October of 88, my yep. wife and I. So April 6, 1988. Well, you beat us by six months. October 4th. So, very cool. Very yeah, cool. it's a blessing. That was a great year, wasn't it? It was a pretty good year, <laughs> yeah. It was a great right? year. Yeah, although, I, we saw it. We were watching a movie last week at, uh, from that era, from like 88, and looking at what people were wearing, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't do so well in the yeah. Clothes-wise, we didn't do yeah. so well. The wardrobe choices are like, oh, my gosh, I remember that stuff. What in the yeah. world were we thinking? What were we thinking? <laughs> like leg warmers and everything. That's yeah, <laughs> crazy. So uh, talking with Jimmy Keston today on the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, Jimmy, it's a new year. Uh, first of all, if you will, talk a minute about your experience on Saturday uh, over at the Tabernacle and what, what took place. And I, I think it's a, a cool deal that you put together. Yeah, we, we, we started this uh, 16 or 17 years ago. It was New Year's Day 2006. I know okay. that. And um, it was just a small group of us up on the Red Hill. 
uh, who uh, my wife's idea. It was She's Pastor so Rickine's idea that well, we should only, kick off the new year yeah. by praying for this city. And so a small group of friends did it. The next year, it was like, why don't we invite the faith community to do that with us? Mm-hmm. And there were about eight uh, pastors, maybe 40 people up on at Pioneer Park. Uh, um, uh, next to the Sugarloaf mm-hmm. um, and uh, Dixie Rock for you newcomers, um, <laughs> and and Mayor and Mayor MacArthur was there, and we had representatives from the Catholic Church and several other churches, and the LDS Church joined in, and um, several things came out of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, Stations of the Cross, where the Christian community gathers on Good Friday, mm-hmm. uh, was born out of that second prayer of the city. So was the Interfaith Council as uh, uh, we began to build. And from that small beginning, we had hundreds of people in the tabernacle Saturday noon, New Year's Day. We now are indoors in the tabernacle and several speakers, including the mayor, uh, was so grateful that we do this inside now. Um, And (laughs) uh, we also live broadcast it to Facebook and uh, you can get it from the Solomon's Porch Foursquare Facebook page. It's also been shared to multitude of other pages on, on Facebook and it's shareable from the Solomon's Porch Foursquare page. And it was like to gather together, not in, in uniformity, but in a sense of community unity that doesn't require uniformity, where not a single speaker on that stage is necessarily endorsing anything anyone else says, right. but that we can stand there in community unity that doesn't require uniformity. For the one thing that we all have in common, which is a desire to see this community, Utah's Dixie, be the best place to raise a family, build a life, and uh and and live your life and you know we lived a lot of places but we got to build a life here yeah and raise our family we love this place uh and to be able to gather with the faith community business leaders and leaders in government uh just to to start the new year off uh uh, praying or giving positive theme thoughts for the coming year uh um and to have that show of unity is unlike anything uh, um, you'll experience anywhere else. And I don't know very many places that do it. But there, <clears throat> excuse me, Jimmy. There, there are people out there who will be who would be offended by a prayer over their city. They would say, "Hey, wait a minute! Separation of church and state, and hey, you can't force your religion down my throat." And yeah. you know all the things that we hear all the time now right. in, in the media. What would you say to people who say that? Uh, you, you don't. You aren't required to listen. Oh, but they're um, offended just that it took place. I, I, uh, and you know in, in the beautiful thing about America mm-hmm. is you do have the right to be offended, but your uh, uh, your being offended does not require any action on my part, uh, as long as I haven't encroached on you uh, physically. Um, uh, uh, so <laughs> you know. Uh, that is something that we've maybe lost a little bit in this country yeah. is, you know, we can disagree without being disagreeable. And on that platform yesterday, you know, there are there are a few of the faiths that were represented that I have really nothing in common with uh, from a spiritual standpoint. Sure. Right. We had uh, uh, and I won't mention any of them by name because I'm not trying to offend anybody, but we had several. Uh, several speakers who were not from Christian-based faiths that spoke. And I don't agree with their view on God. I believe in the Christian 
sure. God. Sure. Uh, and and you know what? I walked into that place with deeply held beliefs. I walked back out with the same deeply held beliefs. Wait, they didn't change you, man. They, they, you know, I was, and <laughs> and I wasn't, and uh, and you know, and it's not. Look, it's not just the secular world that's offended. There are there are some churches in our town that uh, I am uh, uh, considered, you know, public enemy number one because really? I stand next to faiths that aren't like ours. Hmm. And they think that that is uh, uh, that's uh, a horrible thing to stand with people uh, that don't understand God in their mind correctly. And it's like, uh, you know, last time I checked, my God is big enough and tough enough to stand on a platform with someone who doesn't know him. And maybe maybe they'll see uh, 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 who he is through our words. Good, good point. You know, I would say 40 years ago maybe less, uh, religions, instead of being allies, a lot of religions were enemies. They, you know, Mormons didn't like these people, and these people didn't like the Mormons, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that has changed. Maybe the one good thing that has come out of all of the, the cancel culture and the, you know, trying to push religion aside and even making fun of religion on television, maybe the one of the good things that has come out of that is, most religions now have become allies, whereas they weren't necessarily allies 40, 50 years ago. Well, and, and what we've been saying from the beginning, and really one of the core ideas behind Prayer of the City, is that we can gather with people uh, uh, focusing on those things that we do agree with hmm. without worrying about the things that we don't see the same way. I can stand, you know, I can work with, and we do, we work on all kinds of community projects mm -hmm. with all kinds of people from all kinds of faith backgrounds. And you're not going to turn them away. Uh, just uh, uh, because exactly. They don't and like you believe, right. And, and we can do that focusing on those things that we have in common hmm. and then not, not worrying or arguing about the things that we don't just let them be. Right. Yeah. Um, there are there are distinctiveness to every denomination of Christianity mm -hmm. that separate it from other denominations of Christianity. Does that yeah. mean that I can't stand next to a Baptist brother who doesn't see things, uh, uh, many minor points of doctrine the same way I do? Right. I can do that. Right. And, and if they can't, well, that's their loss. Right. Uh, uh, say, you know, uh, there are there are differences between the style of worship of the Latter-day Saints and the style of worship of many of uh, uh, Bible-only Christian faiths. Sure. But there's a ton of stuff we have in common right. that we can focus on to work together. And that's really the, the, the theme and the basis for Prayer of the City. is And, and we've had speakers that have no uh, a real religious. Right? Their group is a very secular group that comes together and meets, and they're Part, they consider themselves part of the faith community, but you can't find anything in their doctrine. They don't do a prayer. They do a positive thought, yeah. right? Because that's their, and you know, we can find ways to work with them too. You know, it's, sure. it's just about putting aside the stuff that you're not going to be able to uh, agree on and just focus on the things that you do. And if you just focus on the things we have in common and let the rest take care of itself, disagree without being disagreeable. It's amazing what you can accomplish. And starting the year that way uh, uh, just sets the tone for everything we do. Uh, I come out of prayer over the city every year, just reinvigorated, ready yeah, to get into a new it. year. Yeah. Who, who offered the prayer, by the way? Was that you or 
Who actually said the prayer? Which prayer? Well, we had. Yeah, oh, there were several. Every, okay. Yeah, there were several. I I do. I always do the opening. Uh, uh, I MC the event because we are the founders. I'll do the opening prayer. I'll also explain uh, some of what we just talked about. I always explain that there's not one single item of doctrinal teaching that everybody on this platform sees the same way. Not one, and uh, on how we view God or religion. But that doesn't mean we can't stand here. Uh, together on the thing that we do agree on, which is yeah. community unity. So I do all that, that we're not endorsing each other. Um, uh, uh, we're simply uh, uh, saying that we can stand next to somebody uh, and agree. And then each person, each faith leader, you know, uh, uh, Mayor Randall and uh, Commissioner Almquist both gave welcoming statements for the city and county. Mm-hmm. And then each uh, minister or representative of the faith group prayed in the style that they would normally pray in their congregation. Mm -hmm. They identified who they were, what faith they were with, and then they offered their prayer for something that matters to them in the city. So we had prayers for peace, for unity, for teachers, for first responders, all, you know, uh, uh, and each one in the way that they do. And that really kind of makes it interesting because some of these faiths, I had no idea how they pray when they're together. And it's kind of cool seeing what they do. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, a couple of things. You mentioned Gil Almquist. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Gil. Happy birthday, uh, Commissioner Almquist. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the other thing I wanted to ask you, what's the ideal length for a prayer? And I know the answer as well, as long as it needs to be. But, I mean, what's too long a prayer? What's too short well, a prayer? Well, prayer over the city, we ask each of our speakers to keep it under two minutes. Okay. Um, it's okay. prayer over the city, not preach over the city. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I would tell you, I always fall back to what, Jesus said, because he's my guide for that, he said that the Pharisees give long, windy prayers uh, to show off how spiritual they Mm -hmm. are. Don't do that. (laughs) You know, prayer is simply inviting God into your circumstances. What I've told our congregation is prayer never gives any information to God that he doesn't already have. You're not explaining anything to God when you pray, right? right? You're, and yeah. God doesn't need your advice on what to do. <laughs> but God doesn't interfere where he's not invited. So prayer is simply the task of inviting God to move mm. in your individual circumstances. It's not to inform him of anything or to give him advice. I did have, uh, when I was a young missionary back in 1985, I had a guy give up. Uh, we, we, the meeting got done like 25 minutes early, so uh, they had the closing song. guy got up to give a prayer. He was the choir director, and apparently not a lot of people had been going to choir, and so he used his 27-minute <laughs> prayer to, to recruit people to join the choir. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah, that was, uh, He probably wasn't invited uh, to they didn't do the closing pray prayer again. again. Yeah. No, yeah. no. He was an African-American, well, we called him, he was a black man who yeah. uh, was a recent convert and felt like the choir needed a little more attention. Well, so. bless his heart. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Kesson on today. This is the Andy Griffin Show. We're interactive on the Andy Griffin Show. Call in, Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. And we will take your call, 673-5890. Please call in. We'd love to hear from you. Jimmy Keston on the program today. Jimmy is uh, uh, a good friend of mine now. He, uh, I think you were the very first person, when I, my very first chamber luncheon. 
uh, I walk in and uh, this this guy attacks me. Well, he accosts me. Well, no, he just comes and talks to me. But uh, his name was Jimmy, and he was super friendly. He's like, <laughs> who, "Who are you, and what can I help you with?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm the new radio guy over at KDXU." He's like, "All right, well, come on in, have some dessert, and uh, and uh, the rest is history, Jimmy." Yeah, this is history. Now, Jimmy, and we both put on a bunch of weight from yeah, all that dessert. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, Jimmy is on. By the way, on KDXU every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at seven twenty-five a.m. If you want to catch some of his political musings, it's it's great stuff. In fact, I was joking during the break. My biggest problem with Jimmy is getting him to stop talking. Well, so. you are in charge of the clock. I just you know. <laughs> You just do, flip you, the switch, and I'll come up with something. You do a great job. Uh, uh, today, uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, right at the end, we talked about Anthony Fauci. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, unfortunately, he I think he has the ear of my CEO here uh, at Cherry Creek because uh, we have new rules that are supposed to be in place. With, we're supposed to put up partitions and wear masks and all that stuff. I, I in, in, in kind of floating around the uh, office this morning, I noticed nobody's actually listening to the <laughs> CEO. But uh, and, and and that to, to me, Jimmy, as we get into it a little bit, I think Americans, I think the world, not just Americans, I think we're kind of tired of all this. Tell, well, everyone telling us what we have to do. You know, look, um, uh, COVID's a virus. Yeah, and by definition, it's never really going away. No, it's it'll not. continue to mutate and get weaker and. You know, I've said from I've said from the from the very first reports that came out of South Africa and Europe uh, that Omicron is the solution. It's not the problem. Oh. Now, Dr. Fauci, the CDC and certainly uh, President uh, uh, Biden are treating it uh, in deference to you. I didn't say President Brandon. I almost. <laughs> uh, but um, but look, they're treating this like it is the next wave of the of the original uh, uh, virus yeah. or the oh, Delta yeah. variant, which apparently was kind of deadly. And, you know, and that uh, uh, and that we need to do a ton more of the same that didn't really work last year. Right. I mean, there there's certain things that we have learned. Absolutely. Scientifically, we have the data. It's been studied. It's been peer reviewed. Uh, the mass these these masks don't work. Um, the virus uh, of virus is going to virus. People are going to get it. This latest strain is not very uh, deadly. It doesn't put people in the hospital. It, it spreads like wildfire, but people, but hospitalizations are down. So mm-hmm. cases are through the roof, but hospitalization and deaths from COVID are way down. So why can't the powers that be see that? Because it's not about health. It's about power and control and the the uh, quite frankly the left in this country got a taste of authoritarian control and they do not want to give it up government bureaucrats and let's be fair from both political parties they get a taste of authoritarian government and i don't care if they're republican or democrat but certainly it's more prevalent on the left Uh, uh, they are absolutely drunk on the power of being able to control people's lives, and uh, and I, I think that's a fascinating take. By the way, o- Omicron is the solution, not the problem. I absolutely, if it's a virus that's going to give you natural immunity, which is a thing, by the way. So you get the virus, you're going to have cold symptoms or no symptoms mm. for about a week, and after you have some mild cold symptoms for a week, you are immune from the coronavirus. And any other strain of it that comes along. You know, people who had SARS 10 years ago uh, uh, aren't getting COVID now. 
because it's a that was SARS-CoV-1. This is SARS-CoV-2. There are all these uh, uh, these connected viruses. And so Omicron's the answer to herd immunity and to putting this thing behind us if they would just let us get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, you've got people more and more people scared. I think that might be I think it's climbing my list is the thing that bothers me the most about all of this is there are a lot of people scared. There's a lot of people living in fear. I have relatives of mine who are scared every single day. They want to wear masks to family gatherings. They won't see certain family members because they're afraid. Right. And that bothers me a lot. You know, there's one thing, I want power and we're going to rule the world. But to rule by fear, boy, I mean, we go back to... uh, how about the Lion King and Scar? He ruled by fear. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's, that's what's happening. I, I'll go back further than the Lion King and say Jesus said uh, uh, when you see wars and commotions and famines and pestilences, that's diseases, yeah. uh, uh, do not be terrified is what the Lord said in Luke 21. Mm-hmm. Do When you see these things, don't be terrified. Well, you know, we've got a big chunk of the population that has been terrorized is what i would say and and i believe that dr fauci is the face of that terror uh um along with the cdc who now is trying to tighten things back up because you know when public opinion from the most radical segment of our of our society is steering what our health officials are doing something's wrong and backwards in this country yeah. and now you got anthony fauci saying the vaccinated shouldn't go to restaurants the vaccinated fully vaccinated people should avoid restaurants he said that this weekend the cdc said well maybe we were maybe we shouldn't have cut the quarantine to five days so people could get back to work maybe we need to add testing and and mask and a bunch of other stuff and of course if you can't go back to work without a test and you can't get a test because there aren't any um I don't know how we don't how, how do we fix this beyond just saying I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah, no exit strategy. You know, we've uh, uh we've done we did everything you asked and all of us got covid anyhow. Yeah. And uh you know, I I I've had it. I, I lived through it. it. Yeah. You know, uh um and and you know, quite frankly, I I'm done. Uh, I mean, I, it's time, you know, if it if if there's a disease out there that's going to kill me, <laughs> well, you know, God ordained how many breasts I got on this planet anyhow. Yeah. He just didn't. He's not going to tell me what takes me out, but something eventually is going to take me out. In the meantime, I can either live in fear and not, or I can live a life, and I'm going to choose to live my life. It's a good choice. Good choice. It's 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 a choice. It's the right choice. Uh, I and, and I. I, like I said, I got an email this weekend from the CEO of this corporation for which I work, and and basically the email, the gist of the email is we're going to go right back to where we were in April of 2019. Right. And we're going to 2020. 20. I mean, we're we're going to take everything away. We're going to you're going to have to put things up. You're going to have to wear masks in the office, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the overall overwhelming reaction from my coworkers, and I'm not going to name any of them because no. uh, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But the overwhelming reaction was, "Are you kidding me? We're not doing that again." 
Right. Well, look, I'm done. We're show done. me something that works. And the data says none of that stuff work. And, right. and look, you don't have to be a scientist to know that a, a three foot square piece of plexiglass is not going to stop a virus because the virus can go around the sides and over the top and in the <laughs> slot in the bottom. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Uh, um, you, we now have absolute data that these that mass didn't do it, that. Most of these uh, shutdowns didn't do it. We have actual uh, uh, hard scientific data that the states that locked down the hardest had just as many or more COVID cases and death than the states that didn't lock down at all. That states that didn't wear masks had had the same outcome as as those that had mandatory masks everywhere. and, and like I said from the very beginning, you can't tell me that I'm safer in a Walmart than I am the corner, uh, a corner mom-and-pop store. No, that makes no sense. I, that I'm safer at Home Depot than I am at, uh, uh, at Ace Hardware. Right. Yeah, it, it, it makes it, no sense. It makes no sense. So when you got rules that make no sense, and then you have the data that said those rules didn't fix anything, that's not science. Follow the science. Your science makes no sense. All right, Jimmy, got to take another break here. Uh, thanks to Joe Shoney for sponsoring this show. He's been on it as long as I've been, in fact, a lot longer than me. Joe Shoney's been with the New American Funding and as a loan officer in southern Utah for 25-plus years. His reviews are phenomenal. In fact, if you look online, uh, over 600, nearly 600 reviews, uh, New American Funding, 4.91 average. If you go to the Google reviews, he's 32 reviews in, 5.0. He's got a perfect score. It doesn't get any better than that. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant. His Specialty is taking care of you, the customer. Give him a call today at 435-319-8214. At 319-8214. Joe Shoney is, uh, let's see if I can find the number, NMLS121041. Back in a minute. Uh Uh-oh, he's playing that forbidden song again. Makes people smile. I can't help it. Uh, All right, let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, Seth has been very patient. I also have a couple others on hold. So, uh, Seth, what's up? 39 minutes on hold. <laughs> uh, you have to be persistent to be on with the superstars, you know? I, I, I appreciate your persistence. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Um, the 23rd Psalm has made a great deal of difference in how I look at life and death and, and what's going on. The Lord provides our food in the pasture. He provides our water. And if we walk through the shadow of the valley of covid or anything else. I shall not fear. Amen, brother. <laughs> and, and so, uh, if you can just understand just a little of this, that this is just temporary, and that COVID uh, is a, a coronavirus that's easy to mutate, and that dust mask, if you read on the package of the mask you're going to put on, it says, not for medical use. Uh, this is a filtered ga- uh, uh, sawdust mask that you might wear on a construction site. Yeah, to, keep, it's, to it's, keep the grass uh, out of your mouth while you're mowing. Yeah, right. that, that's what it's for. All right. And so if I were to wear any standard mask that's available to the open public in the military, I would have been dead in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> well, look, I, I want to be clear about one thing, though, Seth. I, you know, I won't wear a mask, and in many cases, I, don't, I won't even go to places where, where you have to anymore. But I have no problem with someone who wants to. I mean, to me, it's political theater, but uh, that has no 
uh, actual medical assistance. But if it makes someone feel better, go ahead, wear it. If you want 47 vaccines, go ahead and get 47 booster shots, whatever you want. But live your life and let me live mine, and welcome to America. Well, the uh, uh, free agency is very difficult to comprehend. <laughs> it, it's really not that complicated, though. Oh, well, it, it isn't, but uh, uh, we don't tell people what we need to do. Um, but just one quick thing. Uh, a fellow showed up at the Pearly Gates with two great big carpet bags, clunked them down. St. Peter looked down over his desk, and he said, you can't be bringing that in here. And he said, no, 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 I got a note from God. Okay. And he says, do you mind if I see the note, hand the note over? He says, yeah, that's God's signature. I, re- I, uh, I recognize it. So, okay, you can bring it in. But just out of curiosity, uh, would you let me see in the bag? And he opens it up, and it's full of gold ingots. Hmm. And he said, and, and St. Peter says, I'll be darned. Uh, he brought paving blocks into the street. Brought us some asphalt, <laughs> right. I love All this, uh, this chasing of, of uh, money and goods and, and swimming pools and, and golf courses and, and uh, big cars and big trucks that take $100 or oh, oh, $4 or $5 a gallon is what the target is for this year. Yeah, that's what we're hearing, Seth. That's what we're hearing. Well, and, and uh, I think they want in Sweden, they're, they're, they're getting 1250 and I think it's been said by the top people, they want that kind of gas price here so people can't afford to live in Central because it costs <laughs> 70 bucks back and forth to load up your gas tank. And, and I used to go every day. Uh, now, if I go once a week, uh, I consider that uh, over-exerting. Yeah, I understand. Seth, i got to run. i got a couple of people on hold. Thank you for calling today, though. Appreciate that. Let's uh, go to line two. Hey, thanks for calling. What's on your mind today? Oh, you're welcome. Um, so DellBigTree.org will be speaking on this exact thing, DellBigTree.org, at the Dixie Center on January the 8th at 7 o'clock. He'll, there'll be movies going all day long, and there's a ton of research, and you can... Check him out on DellBigTree.org, and then you'll figure out you need to go see him at uh, the Dixie Center this Saturday, January the 8th at 7 o'clock. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Dell Big Tree. I'm not too familiar with him. Are you familiar not, with him? not, but I guess I will, you know, look it yeah, up. Look him up. Do, do a little research. Cool. Very cool. Uh, Jimmy, we, we didn't get much of a chance to talk about it, but... Uh, uh, and, and I know you're not a resolution guy, but maybe some goals, some things that, that you would like to see uh, locally, uh, regionally, nationally in the next year. We're down to about uh, three minutes. Yeah, I think that, you know, first of all, I don't, I don't do New Year's resolutions. Don't, don't believe in them. Uh, the average New Year's resolution doesn't make it to Groundhog Day. Right. Um, so, you know, but I do believe in uh, uh, setting forth a plan. Uh, um, you know, and, and my message for the new year is find your passion, make a plan to pursue it and then stick to the plan. Um, uh, make it, make it doable, uh, uh, plan what your plan, some goals are, are, are wonderful, but a goal needs to have a plan or it's just a dream. 
And, you know, a, a, a dream needs to have a goal and a, and a goal needs to have a plan and then you need to execute the plan. And I think that the new year, the change of calendar is always the time as we come out of the holiday season and kind of gear back up into normal work uh, weeks and things like that. Yeah, it's a great time to say, okay, what do I want to accomplish with my time this year? What do I want to do to, to uh, um, and how am I going to do it? Not just, uh, otherwise we're just, you know, Wishing things were different, and I do not believe in wishing things are different. I believe in making things different by the way I live my life and pursue my goals. And I think if I think generally speaking, we all our goals are going to be something good. I will say this though that you can have goals that aren't necessarily good goals. Uh, I had an opportunity yesterday to uh, I, I have a new job in my church. I teach eight year olds. And uh, I asked one of the questions. That's cool. I was, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It was really fun. But one of the questions I asked each one of the kids is I got to know them, and there was a room full of them. I said, what do you like to do in your spare time? What do you do for fun? Uh, out of all those kids, only one of them said, well, I like to go to my friend's house and play. Everyone, everyone else said. Electronics. iPod, uh, iPad, I, iPhone. I like to play Roblox or whatever other games they play on there. So uh, I think. You know, Jimmy, as we talk about goals, resolutions in my world, goals and and things uh, in in other people's worlds, uh, I think we need to make sure that our goals, our resolutions, are something that are, are going to improve us. Uh, you know, even if it's exercise a little more, eat a little more healthy. Well, and and look, I think that's wonderful. I think that again, it needs to be doable. There needs to be a plan attached to it. Yeah. Um, because. You know, people make wonderful resolutions going into the new year, but by March, what they're dealing with is depression rather than uh, uh, exaltation from having achieved uh, something. And, you know, what we what we end up, people make these resolutions going into the new year, but there's nothing attached to it on how yeah. they're going to improve their life. And by March, they're depressed. They, <laughs> they haven't they haven't lost yeah. 30 pounds. No. They've gained five. And and and, you know, and and so, you know, if you if you. If you want to change something about your life, then, uh, and we talked about this out there, have a goal. Not, make a plan. Make a plan. Yeah. Make a plan that's yeah. doable. That's something you can, that, you know, if, if you've never gotten up before 7 a.m. in the morning, first of all, you've missed a lot of Andy, uh, <laughs> but if you've never got up before 7 in the morning, uh, making a New Year's resolution that you're going to get up at 5 and, and, and run 10 miles before you get in the shower, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. That Yeah. You're going to quit on that pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially well, this time of year. Running out of time again. He is Jimmy Kesson. Jimmy, thanks uh, for coming in today. I owe you a big one here on your uh, proverbial lunch hour. Oh, uh, no. Man. It's always a joy, and uh, you have a blessed day. Tomorrow, Chief Kyle Whitehead, St. George uh, City Police uh, Chief. And Thursday, or Wednesday, Dr. Blodgett will be on the air. Uh, he might yell at us for some of the things we've said. I have a feeling I'm going to be in the boss's office here in about 10 minutes. So thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it, man.